Dogs As They Are is the first ebook from Canine Nation. It is a look at our dog's biology, ethology, and the ways our dogs try to fit into our very human world. It's available at most online booksellers, and there is more information on how you can get it at the end of this podcast. Welcome to Canine Nation Audio Edition. It's Sunday, September 9th, 2012. Canine Nation is a regular feature column that runs on the Life is a Human online magazine. Life is a Human features articles about what it means to be human, the good, the bad, and the enlightening. This column explores what it means to be human in our relationship with dogs. You can find it at lifeisahuman.com. To get directly to Canine Nation, go to caninenation.lifeisahuman.com. A complete archive of all the Canine Nation articles can be found there. Hi, I'm Eric Brad. Canine Nation is about learning, understanding, and living successfully with our dogs. Modern animal training techniques based on behavioral science can produce amazing results in working with our dogs. Whether your dog is a loved family member or a working dog, a canine athlete, or a trusted companion, Positive training techniques based on science can help you enjoy a more productive and fun relationship with your dog. Join us as we explore the many facets of living with our dogs and taking a fresh look at how we work with them. Whether it's taking a closer look at everyday issues we share with our dogs or busting long-standing myths about training and dog behavior, I hope you find something useful in each of the Canine Nation articles. We're glad you're with us. Now here's this week's installment. Dogs and Dogma in the 21st Century, a rant. In Ireland, as I write this, a dog is being put to death. The dog's crime? He resembles a pit bull terrier, a breed declared illegal by the Dangerous Dog Act in Belfast City, Northern Ireland. I am sure many of my regular readers have followed the tragic story of Lennox to its bitter conclusion. What troubles me is not so much the death of one dog in a city thousands of miles from my home, but the reality that it is just one of hundreds of similar stories that go on every day in our, quote, civilized society. It is the year 2012. As a child, I was starry-eyed in wonder at the predictions of what the future would bring. Movies like 2001, A Space Odyssey, showed me the wonders that the future might bring. Flying cars, tours to the moon, an end to disease, and more. And now, having arrived at the era projected in those science fiction movies, I find myself both amazed and shocked by turns at what has actually come to pass. In an era where managing my diabetes no longer means an early death, and the Internet puts the world's knowledge at my fingertips, People still believe that aggressive behavior in dogs is breed-specific and that electronic shock collars are a good idea to manage a dog's behavior. It is simply stunning to me that in the 21st century there is still so much disagreement about the biology and behavior of dogs. The past 100 years has seen incredible progress in our knowledge of physics, chemistry, medicine, psychology, and more across a wide spectrum. 
Our society has benefited in astonishing ways, and yet we still believe that our dogs misbehave because they have some agenda, some would call it dominance, to prove that they are in control of the household. It's not that we don't have information about dogs and their behavior. We do. In fact, that body of knowledge increases almost daily as more and more researchers are publishing their findings about dogs. They are the most prevalent of all domesticated animals, and it is in our best interest to know as much about them as we can in order to provide for their welfare and well-being. But how does one explain some of the popular opinions about dogs that are just plain wrong? How do we come to terms with the fact that so many believe things of which dogs have been proven totally incapable? Dogs are a part of our everyday lives. They are our closest animal companions, and they work closely with us in so many ways, from herding to search and rescue to work with the disabled as assistance dogs. And yet, with all of the willingness they have shown to work with us, when things go wrong, it always seems to be the dog's fault. It is never the humans that worked with that dog that could be at fault. There is no more stark example of the strangeness of that than the case of Lennox. Lennox was put to death because he looked like a breed that humans decided needed to be destroyed. Not because he had done anything to harm his family, the general public, or disturb the peace in any way. He was put down because he looked like a dog who might have, at one time or another, under the right circumstances, might have been capable of inflicting damage on another person or dog. Or not. Better safe than sorry. It is almost as if there are those in our society who want to remain ignorant of the facts that we are learning about dogs and their behavior. It has been decades since studies have shown that dogs are not pack hunters like their ancestors, the wolves. There is no struggle for status in hierarchy to determine who will have first access to a fresh kill. And yet, so many dog owners and dog training professionals will talk at length about the need to be the alpha or the pack leader for your dog. It is a paradigm that has been proven false, and yet it persists by word of mouth. This is just one of many examples of dog professionals ignoring scientific facts about dogs and dog training. This past weekend, a friend of mine sent me a link to a dog training blog article that openly states, quote, Classical conditioning and operant conditioning are obsolete theories of behavior, unquote. The author may wish to inform the many universities and psychology professionals continuing to work on those theories. The author, of course, cites no source other than his own opinion that this is a fact. Clearly, a dog trainer in Arizona would know much more about current trends in psychology and behavior than those who may have studied it and practiced it for much of their lives. Also this week, I received a comment on one of my past articles. In it, the author asks me to cite empirical studies on positive reinforcement and clicker training for dogs. Not a particularly unreasonable request, but for two simple facts. First, a read-through just a few of my past articles would provide links to exactly such sources on particular topics. Second, such references are as available to the commenter as they are to me by using Internet search engine tools like scholar.google.com. In addition to that, 
Libraries and online bookstores are full of excellent books on positive reinforcement training for dogs. These books offer a wealth of information and many cite scientific research that support the book's content. It appears to be part of human nature to be resistant to change. The familiar is comfortable, and when what you know works, there seems to be no reason to change. The effort required to make changes can seem like a risk. There is no guarantee that the change will be for the better, and it's almost a guarantee that you will not be good at it at first. So it's easy to understand why those who ignore the new information about dogs and new techniques for training them are so resistant to it. What do we do about those who not only resist new information and techniques, but seek to discredit them for their own comfort? Why do force trainers write articles about how positive training can ruin a dog? Believe it or not, I have seen some blogs claim that using treats to train your dog can make them food aggressive and a danger to children. While the reasoning to support such a ridiculous claim is interesting enough, there is never any credible evidence provided to support it. Oh, sure, there is always a story of some trainer who met some client with an aggressive dog that used a clicker and the dog was unruly or didn't like the new trainer. So clearly clicker training creates vicious dogs? Not exactly the best example of critical thinking, is it? I am a crossover trainer. What that means is that just over 10 years ago, I believed in alpha dominance, discipline, being a pack leader, prong collars, choke chains, and e-collars. Yes, I still have one stuck in a drawer someplace. But I made a change to see if all of this new positive reinforcement-based training was actually different or better than what I was doing. And I wasn't very good at it in the beginning. But I kept at it. I read more, I learned more, I got more instruction, and I got better at it. Now, ten years later, I can talk with some authority about both force training and training based on positive reinforcement and behavioral science. Unfortunately, the same cannot be said of many of my colleagues who champion force-based training techniques. Many of them go to great lengths to write about the dangers of being too soft on dogs with all of that, quote, food bribery, unquote. But the fact remains that I have yet to find a force trainer who has actually learned to use positive training properly and can speak from any experience about it. It's all biased reasoning and speculation about how they think it works rather than any actual experience. So I would challenge any trainer who tells me that positive behavioral science training doesn't work as it claims. Come to my side of the fence. Come over and have someone show you how to use a clicker, operant conditioning theory, prompting and fading, reinforcement ratios and schedules, and the mechanics of proper reinforcement training. Spend a couple of months or years with it. If it doesn't work, find out if you could be doing it better. And then, after you've trained a few dogs with it, come and tell me about all of your bad experiences with it. I suspect that it will be a very short conversation if such a conversation would even happen at all. You can't just stand at a distance and say, look at those foolish positive trainers, they are ruining their dogs, without actually trying it. I've been in the force training world. I trained dogs that way for more than 15 years. I got acceptable results, too. It can work, after a fashion. 
but I much prefer what I am able to accomplish with dogs using reinforcement and behavioral training now. Why not see for yourself instead of wasting time writing about something you haven't done? By the way, clickers cost about a dollar, and you can get a beginner book for $10. Cheaper than an e-collar, so happy training. We call this the information age, but to me, it is ignorance that led to the unnecessary death of Lennox, a dog who only looked like a banned breed. It is ignorance that keeps people buying electronic collars capable of inflicting injury on their dogs. It is ignorance that causes people to work with dogs using harsh and confrontational methods that often lead to dog bites or worse aggression problems. It is ignorance that kills dogs by the millions each year. We are into the second decade of the 21st century. Can we not use our laptops and smartphones and, pardon my bluntness, our brains to do a better job? Or is that just too much effort to expend on our dogs? I hope not. Until next time, have fun with your dogs. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Canine Nation. You can find the text version of it at caninenation.lifeisahuman.com. The new Canine Nation ebook, Dogs As They Are, is a collection of essays from the Life is a Human online magazine. Each essay now includes author's notes, and the book includes all new introduction and epilogue essays. You can get Dogs As They Are from the new Canine Nation store. Just go to caninenation.ca forward slash store. We offer Kindle, EPUB, and PDF versions. Or you can click on the store from the menu at the top of the Canine Nation website. Dogs As They Are is also available from most online booksellers, such as Amazon, Kobo.com, and Booktango.com. And it will be coming to other online booksellers, like the Apple iTunes Store, very soon. Just search for Dogs As They Are. It's a great read and only $2.99. You can join our discussion about dogs and dog training on Facebook. Just search for Canine Nation to get to our group. You can ask for membership, and we'll add you to our growing family. If you can spread the word about the podcast or link to our caninenation.lifeisahuman.com page, we would certainly appreciate it. That's it for now. Thanks for listening.